0: slide and got it Roger. all right we're gonna go ahead and jump in Ooh. Oh. <laughs> that's a special one what animal provides a large portion of the protein eaten in Peru and the first word is pronounced la llama in case you were <laughs> It's like my name, the second L is silent. <laughs> I'm not saying it's llamas, but I just love the word llama. <laughs> I think it's flamingos in Venezuela, but okay, here we go. How many states were there in 1900? Oh, that's a good one. There was that one guy at the breakfast that knew everything about Super Bowl One. So, is he here? <laughs> I don't know how many are there. <laughs> I'm not really sure. All right, here we go. All right, so men's worship event on Friday. This is. This is going to be over at Norm uh, Balconis' house. Uh, It's going to be awesome. So, wow. You guys can come. I'd appreciate it. Uh, If you guys are not used to praying in public, let's get used to praying in public. Um, Bring something to eat. Everybody will share for a few minutes and have some chow together. And then you jump in and then we just do uh, like 30 minutes of prayer. Stop. Eat some more. 30 minutes of prayer. Eat until you get tired and leave. (laughs) But it is amazing. If you really want to see something amazing done, if you want to see the Lord move, right there. All right, DTS. So, Yes, sir. Yes. Okay, the way the address works, you start heading toward Alexandria, you'll re-reset away. And then, no, I'm getting, <laughs> Norm actually sent me his address. I just keep forgetting to send it out. <laughs> I just thought it would be cooler if you guys started going and you'd be like, turn right now yes. Say What's that? Yeah. Hey, who thought there were more than one white sulfur springs in the United States? (laughs) Apparently when you say this, it picks one for you. (laughs) And invariably the wrong one. (laughs) I went to the wrong state. In case you didn't. Alright, here we go. Alright, DTS. Uh, This is an awesome class. Um, I believe he'll be covering the same material as two years ago. It's the Gospels. Um, it is amazing. You're getting to sit at, uh, at the foot of a guy that's been doing this literally for decades. He's an amazing teacher. He's the president, you know, of the seminary. So the eighth and the ninth. So it'll be all day or significant amount of time during the day on the eighth and the ninth. And here's the best part. Let's say you got all prepped during the eighth. Guess what you can do? You can go to prayer at the ninth, uh, the evening of the eighth. So watch this. There, then there, there in there. See? It works. Okay. All right. Boom. That just happened. Okay. Conquer series coming up. We're starting another series on the 25th of February. This is is important because you heard Sean Brennan talking. He gave his testimony at the men's breakfast. Again, if you are male and have a heartbeat, there is a high probability, a 60% chance that you've wrestled with us or wrestling with us or here, almost 100% chance someone you know in your family a child, a male child, someone like that is wrestling with it. If you want to just come there to learn how to speak to them about it, if you want to come there to learn how to mentor your kids about it, if you want to come mentor yourself about it, this is the opportunity, okay? And it deal, it's an amazing class. Um, Jake Ferrey and Sean Brennan will be leading this. The next men's breakfast, we're working on, uh, the original time was on May, March 9th. I have to get back with you on this. We're looking to move it to the 23rd. And we're having Admiral Lee. who will be talking about uh, courage, about speaking about your faith, and being a Christian in your workplace. Uh, we got to confirm. So this one is TBD. Is moving it over to the 23rd. But just have that in the back of your brain. Housing group, okay? And we'll be setting up for the uh, father-daughter dance at the back end of that. That's the, that's the reason that we're moving it. Is that we got a lot of free labor there who's just been fed to set up for the father-daughter dance. So it's kind of awesome that way. Alright, wow. Okay, we actually have a kind of a close race between this time. So keep up the good work. Uh we have another opportunity at the end of the, near the end of the month with uh, 25th Project Soup and Socks. So if you want to if you want to jump in there, that's an opportunity. Alright. Recovering center. A Saint? Okay. I don't know. He told me to hit it three times. <laughs> Okay, Mike Helvey our speaker this morning. We're going to welcome him up here. I'm going to pray for him as he comes up, okay? Lord, thank you so much. I was driving here this morning, and I realized it's still dark out. And, Lord, thank you that it is. Thank you, Lord, that we can give you the front end of our day. Lord, I pray that all the men in here were given your back end of our day, that we're giving you every hour of our day, that there's no hour of our day that you be right in our hearts. Be with Mike. Prepare his heart. Lord, let him faithfully give the message you've given to him. Let us faithfully receive it and put it into action. We love you so much. And we ask that you bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Mike Helvey.
1: Thanks, Dallas. That slide build was supposed to end with Mike. You know, I always feel funny putting the slides together, and the first slide on there that you put is, like, the speaker today is. Boom. Mike. Um, so the question is, am I a um, – do we have any Saints fans? No Saints fans? How about the Saints? Okay, we got one Saints fan. Um, Am I a Saint or am I a recovering sinner? I used to, and this is not football fandom, I used to um, think it's cute to introduce myself to a group of brothers who would get it that I'm Mike and I'm a recovering sinner. Um, But that's not true, because I am a Saint. That's what we're going to talk about today. Our position in Christ, is a saint. <coughs> Sorry, I'm also just coming off of a cold, so you'll have to bear with me on the um, clearing the throat. Our fallen state, like any addictive behavior, is something that continuously tries to rise up and grab us and pull us back down. But that's not who we are. I don't come up here and stand up here and say, hi, I'm Mike, I'm a recovering sinner. I'm Mike, I'm a saint. And for um, Brandon, for Jordan, and Alexa, Brandon, for Jordan, and Alexa, let them know I gave a shout-out to the saints. Okay. Um, in Dean Getz's book, A Measure of a Man, he, he transitions from the attributes of what a Godly man is like. What are those attributes of a godly man? From First Timothy three two to the attributes listed in Titus one seven to eight, the whole premise of this book is there are these visible attributes or these attributes you can look at and compare yourself to and think, where am I on the spectrum? Where was I on the spectrum when I came to Christ? Where I am Where am I on the spectrum today? And we're looking for how to consider our growth in Christ and our so-called Christian maturity. Today we're talking about living a holy life. Are we relatively stronger or weaker in this area? Where do we need attention and where can we help our brothers around our tables in considering living a holy life? Titus 1, 7 to 8, a overseer must be blameless as one who entrusted with God's work, not arrogant, not prone to anger, not a drunkard, not violent, not greedy for gain. Instead, he must be hospitable, devoted to what is good, sensible, upright, devout, and (coughs) self-controlled. Devout, living a holy life. The word Paul used um, when he wrote to Titus was hasias. This is used to describe a state of being undefiled by sin, purely holy, righteous, devout, observing every moral obligation. And more than that, it describes something that due to its position, being sanctioned by divine law is is consistently aligned with truth. And therefore, it's a respectful thing. So what does that mean? I come up here and I admit, that I sin. I wouldn't be honest if I didn't. I do. But does that disqualify me from being devout, from being considered righteous? Because I'm standing here not presently perfectly holy. I hope we know the answer is no. Um, Dr. Getz brings up a cinnamon Hagias. that's a Greek word, very similar sounding, hagias. Hagias is used to give it a, a sense of being different from the world, being, being set apart from the world, holy, and is really a cinnamon, synonym here. But the translators chose to translate hagias over 150 times as holy, and 60 times as saint or saints in the um, New American Standard Version. And we're called to be something different, something set apart, something unlike the world. That's a calling. So it gets into the idea that we can be in two states at once. I'm not a recovering sinner. I'm a saint, yet I sin. Those are two different states. One describes my position in Christ. This is how God sees me. One describes where I am today in maturing in Christ. And this is what we're going to talk about, being on a continuum and seeking to live a holy life, and why and how we might seek to live a holy life. (coughs) Ephesians one seven says, In him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood for the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Paul wrote to the church of Corinth, along the same lines, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be saints, we are all with all those in every place who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Here Paul uses that synonym word, hagios, calling believers saints. That's who they are. That's who we are. They have been sanctified. We have been sanctified. And that just simply means to be set apart. That's God sees us as holy, but we are set apart. We are different and called to be different than the world. We're made holy by Jesus. Paul goes on later to say, some of you once lived this way, talking about the negative side. But you were washed, we were washed, we were sanctified, we are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. This is our positional righteousness that he's describing. <coughs> the positional righteousness, that's the being justified through faith. I think most of us heard that what's justified means, means just as if we hadn't sinned. This is how God sees us thanks to the sacrifice of of Jesus Christ we're alive with Christ set apart from the foundation of the world but there's also that progressive salvation that progressive not salvation sanctification being sanctified and how can a young man maintain a pure life how can we be sanctified and move over in that continuum towards a more holy life by guarding it according to your instructions that one's simple we need to know what God's instructions are we need to guard our life based on those instructions. So how do we do that? How do we increase in our holiness, in our, in our conduct, in that maturity in Christ, in that growing in Christ? Those are very churchy words, but they have a meaning to us here, and it's a hard concept to explain when we already know that we already are holy. We do it by renewing our minds through reading of the Word, hearing of the Word, listening and meditating on the Word of God, by associating with brothers who are more mature than us, by learning from one another, and by building that relationship with God. That's not only being in the Word, but that's prayer. And when I look at my own life, prayer is a very difficult thing for me because I never had it modeled as a kid. It was formed when I came to Um, except Christ. It's a conversation between me and God and then it's meditation. Meditation on the word of God, on the conversations I have on my prayer life so that I can not only be talking to God and presenting God all my supplications as we're told to do, but I can receive and hear God speaking to my life. Another aspect we don't want to neglect to increasing in holiness, increasing in our maturity, is worship, both public and private. How many folks sung this past Sunday? That was awesome. Now I have to admit I wasn't here. But it was awesome. I've heard reports. I I, I was I'll admit I was laying on the couch taking a nap. I was just under the weather. Um, but that's corporate worship and that's part of our development. And as we develop and we mature in Christ, that is how we move from this positional holiness. That's how we move towards that, which we won't realize until we have perfect holiness. And that's when we're glorified with Christ. That's when we meet God in heaven. That's when Christ returns. And that's when our positional sanctification, the sanctification that we already have and the reason we call each other saints, when that's realized. So the good news. <coughs> Good news: We are already holy. We already sit apart because this is our position in Christ. Those who have been called according to His purpose and who have recognized their sinful state and turned to Christ as both Lord and Savior, we are already holy. So, what does it have to do with being a devout? Being devout as a measure of a man—remember that's what we're talking about—is how can we look at our own lives in different aspects? When Paul uses the word "devout," he used that word to describe the way we should live in view of the way God sees us. He already sees us as holy, so how does that impact how we should live? Okay. Ephesians 4, verse 1, which we'll get to at the end, Paul urges the believers to live a life worthy of the, worthily of the calling they have received. We're no longer living sinful lives, even when we sin. We should move in maturity towards Christ. We know from Scripture that we can do nothing to gain holiness apart from growing closer to God. And progressive sanctification, moving towards God, is part of that process. But it never diminishes. No matter what I do, it never diminishes who I am in Christ. This brings up another point that Paul addressed. Since we're saved by grace, should we consider continue sinning so that grace may abound? And Paul answered... Heck no, may it never be. So the question we have is where are you, where, where am I, don't answer this for me, on the continuum of holiness, where was I before I knew Christ, where was I after I met Christ, and where was I at various times in my life since then, have I been moving from the left of the scale to the right? Or am I stagnant? In Doctor Getz's book, he lists some false views of holiness. What holiness is not. First, I wanted to describe how that relates to our position in Christ. But he went on to a few of them. Perfectionism. Holiness is not perfectionism. Those of us that were taught at a very young age that holiness is perfectionism in this life. Were sorely disappointed. Because as we fail to live up to our high expectations, we either get depressed, we deny that we're sinning, that, that, that can't be sinful, or we give up. It's not worth trying. I failed yesterday. I failed the day before. I'm going to fail tomorrow. It doesn't matter what we do. Um, but perfectionism is not holiness, holiness for us is a process. I am holy in Christ. I'm in a process of sanctification. Asceticism. Asceticism, that's a big word. I had to look up or Google how to say it. Um, Asceticism is sitting ourselves aside from the world, isolating ourselves so that we don't fall into temptation in order to please God. That is exactly the opposite of what Christ preached. We are supposed to be in the world, not of the world. We're supposed to be light and sought to the world. We can't do that by practicing separation from the world. Self-denial. Self-denial is um, intentionally sitting aside certain pleasures and certain rights in order to be pleasing to God. Vows of chastity, um, avoiding all sensual pleasures, um, Sorry, see where my mind is. That's just where I went. Um, that's bad. God gave us things and relationships, and modeled and told us to have those relationships, um, and they're good. That's not a way of becoming more holy. Now there are times where that might be applicable for individuals in 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 their circumstances, but it's certainly not a a a thing for us to practice in order to draw closer to God. False view of holiness. And then legalism. Legalism, setting those laws and boundaries. Um, Setting those rules that, you know, God says don't go off that cliff, so I'm I'm not going to go past this. You know, that is not going to make me holier or more righteous or more pleasing to God. Of course, if he says don't go off that cliff, I better not go off that cliff. But that's not up for us to create systems of protection in excess of what God wants. And what does God want? Christ told us, love our brothers, love our neighbors, love our enemies. What else do you want? As we're going about our daily business, make disciples, teaching them, baptizing them. Not create a system of laws that restrict us. The biblical holiness's views. The first one, very important, I am holy. I don't care what I did yesterday. That does not pull me out away from God. I am already His. The process of holiness, where am I today in that continuum? Is it different than I was before I was saved? Am I continuing to think about, learn about, meet God, know God, And be changed through the reading of his word to a state of further holiness. It's a process. And then there's a perfect holiness. At the end of time, when Christ returns, when I'm taken from the world, I will be in his presence perfectly holy. What about the Holy Spirit? The degree to our maturing depends much on the extent to which we keep in step with the Holy Spirit. In Galatians we read, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. We have a choice. Our choice is to either walk by the Spirit, do what He desires, or keep in step with our sinful nature. We can recognize that we're walking by the Spirit because we reflect the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When I go home in the evening, I should be able to look at myself and say, did I reflect these today? If the answer is yes, well, I was probably walking in the Spirit. If the no, I can guarantee you I wasn't. I wasn't. didn't have my mind on heavenly things. Or we can walk in the deeds of the flesh. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to live worthily of the calling for which you have been called. That's the the point. Are we living worthily of the call that God has already called us to? Now let's think about how we can urge each other's men to live worthy of that calling. Some First one, how do you understand the differences between positional, progressive, and perfect holiness? Do you understand the biblical basis of holiness as we're called to be holy? Or are you considering holiness in one of those false views? Do my works make me holy? Does separating from others make me holy? Second question, why do, why do people want to do something to make themselves acceptable to God? Salvation through works, basically. Why or do we seem to want to be able to do something for God to say, I'm pleased with you? Why do people confuse salvation through grace, through faith, with that works-based approach? We all know that we're only here by the grace of God through the work of Jesus Christ, nothing of our own doing. I hope we do. If you don't, talk amongst yourselves. Um And the fourth one, share areas in your life that you struggle in reflecting God's holiness. And this can get awfully personal, and this is not a challenge to one-up each other. But it's a challenge to close in prayer for each other and do some follow-up. Now, two of those are in yellow because those are the mean softballs. So if you're you're feeling kind of shallow today with each other, you can just talk about those. But what I really want you to do is to get to number one then jump to number four and really talk about where you are today. So let me close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I come before you and just thank you for your grace and mercy. I thank you for the Holy Spirit and enlightening us in illuminating your word to us. I ask your blessing on all these guys and the conversations we want to have and their days as they may look back and consider their progressive holiness as well as who they are in Christ. Every single minute, in Jesus' name, amen.